When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your Pittsburgh Steelers just keep finding a way to win. Welcome back to another episode of the State of the Steelers. I'm your Steel Curtain Network host, Daniel J. And today we're going to be talking about the next matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Comeback Kenny versus Tiny Tal Trevor. <laughs> Wasn't that a comment that came out this week? I want to get into all that, but first, let's get into what happened last week. The Pittsburgh Steelers go into Los Angeles and beat the Rams 24-17 to in a game that can be described as just really gritty. I think that was the word that was used in the post-game uh, conference between Mike Tomlin and the press. And I agree. I agree. It was a gritty game. It was another comeback win for comeback Kenny. And he's having the knack for doing that at this point, right? You know, coming back, the game is never out of reach. The game is never over. It's a 60-minute football game with Kenny Pickett at the quarterback position. And I think that's what's unfortunately kind of becoming the the identity of this team. And I say that unfortunately because that just means that all of us are going to have to take our cardiac pills every week. (laughs) But is this type of winning, honestly, sustainable? Is this something that can be a winning formula for the future? I don't think so. The Steelers are going to have to get better. They're going to have to perform better. And I, and I think they have. You know, the biggest critic that's been out or the biggest criticism of this team has gone, you know, offensively. It's been, you know, the running game, but also the quarterback play. You know, a lot of folks have been questioning the offensive coordinator. A lot of folks have been questioning the quarterback, the offensive line. You know, what's what's at fault? The receivers, Dante Johnson was hurt. You know, and I think it's a combination of all those things. Uh, you know, the, the game plan, the scheme is can and has been somewhat predictable Uh, the quarterback has missed some throws and flat out not thrown the ball in certain times when he's got an open receiver and the offensive line has been popcorn at best you know sometimes they're all right but every now and then they have their moments and they they mess up and either it affects the running game or you know Kenny Pickett takes a big hit you know one or the other but all these little little things that keep messing up you know equal out to a big problem for the Pittsburgh Steelers but I will say this, referencing last week's game against the Los Angeles Rams, Kenny Pickett, in my opinion, had probably one of his better games, if not the best game of his career uh, this point. And, and the reason why I say that is, and I know that he's had other games where he's put up multiple touchdowns passing through the air. But in those games, they were very sporadic. It was, you know, splash play here, splash play there, right? You know, in this game, 
I felt that he was making better decisions. He wasn't running out of the pocket as often that he should or that he was. And when it while it's clean, by the way. And I felt that he was releasing the ball. He was throwing it. He was letting it spin. He was ripping it. You know, watching that game back through the all 22 and breaking down the film, I felt that his decision making was there. I saw, I thought sometimes maybe his accuracy wasn't, you know, the second drive of the game. Uh, George Pickens runs a deep route wide open and, and Kenny Pickett just, you know, throws it a little bit too far to the right and it goes outside. He puts that ball in front of George. That's going for six. And that's in the first quarter i believe so you know, this conversation that the pittsburgh steelers start off slow every single game would have been stopped right then and there granted it wasn't an opening drive touchdown or point but it was a first quarter possible touchdown and it was just left off the you know left on the uh on, on the table so to speak but it was the decision making by kenny pickett that impressed me the most you know i, I felt that he decided to throw the ball and, and let it rip and the decision making he seemed more confident and the other thing is his anticipatory throws and accuracy on majority of his throws were there granted that first throw like or that first deep throw that i mentioned wasn't there was many other uh, um, incidences where it was and i think that's one of the biggest improvements from last week's game and kenny pickett's game was you know up until last week when a receiver was doing a break <clears throat> kenny pickett was waiting until after that break for him to throw the ball he needed to see where he was going he wasn't doing the anticipatory throw, you know, throwing the receiver or throwing the ball as the receiver is making their break or about to make their break and, and having that ball be where it's supposed to go. You know, that hadn't happened up until this game for the most part. It wasn't consistent if it had every now and then. And in this game, I felt that it was way more consistent. Now, was there some times where, where Kenny kind of, you know, reverted back to what we've seen all, all year? Yeah, there was about three plays in specific that I remember uh, about him, you know, not doing well. One of them really wasn't his fault. You know, it was the one where he, uh, I think he took an intentional grounding. There was a lot of pressure in his face. Did he have somebody to throw the ball to, you know, at a hot route right there that was kind of open, that was ready and available? Had he thrown them the ball? Yes. But there was an immense amount of pressure in his face. I don't, I don't really doubt him for that. Now, now later on, you know, once he's become a more established quarterback and has that experience and should know where his hot reads are and and where to go with the ball, then at that point I'm probably going to be a little bit more, you know, hard on that type of play, but since it wasn't, you know, and he's still in his second year, still very young as far as his NFL career goes, it's only a second year. You know, we got to give him a little bit of a break. But the other two, you had one where the pass was thrown Connor Hayward over the middle and it got tipped up multiple times. Connor Hayward was open on that play. Now, I don't know if it's because Kenny's arm strength, he had to lead him out a little bit, you know, too far to, you know, because he couldn't zip it in there. But Connor Hayward was open earlier in that route. And had Kenny put a little bit more mustard on it, maybe not thrown it in the middle, thrown it when he was still kind of breaking out. I mean, that could have gone for deep yards, big game. But Kenny had a, th I don't know if it's his arm strength, I don't know what it is, but he had a kind of loft it up there in the middle and and that got tipped around and thankfully didn't get intercepted and the last play that i'm going to talk about that i thought that kenny kind of struggled at was one where if you guys remember this the, where george pickens alligator armed the the catch now george should have caught that 100 but if you go and watch that play george is open way earlier at the break of that play it probably could have gone for more yards too if you know kenny puts it on him and puts him on it right Kenny just kind of hesitates. He does this weird pitter-patter with his feet, and then he throws the ball. And, and it's late. You know, like I said, George should have caught it, but it was late. It was one of those moments where I've seen Kenny Pickett drop back, hit his back foot, looking at a receiver who's wide open. The design is for that receiver to be wide open, and everything goes to plan, and he just holds the ball. So seeing that only happen in one occasion, and on that occasion, hold the ball the entire time. There's been many a times where Kenny will hold the ball, you know, start to run out of the pocket prematurely and then just dumped the ball out of bounds that wasn't done in this situation he held the ball he kind of hesitated and then he let it go 
But that was the only time, you know, those three incidences where I saw that Kenny Pickett really, you know, reverted back to his what we've seen. For the rest of the game, it seemed like a much more improvement, which brought the Steelers to four and two. So let's get into the state of the Steelers. Steelers are four and two, second in the AFC North by half a game against the Baltimore Ravens, who are five and two, who will be traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals this week. Uh, the Steelers are gonna have to keep winning, y'all, to stay in front, you know, stay in contention, to stay within reach. You know, I, I know right now because they beat the Baltimore Ravens and the and the Ravens haven't taken their bye. But if the Steelers continue to win, when the Ravens do hit their bye, even if they continue to win, the Steelers will be in first place due to the head-to-head matchup victory by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But at this time, right now. You know, they're still in second place, half a game behind Ravens. They're playing the Cardinals. You got to keep up. You got to stay together. Steelers need to win this game. I mean, it's not a must win, obviously. You know, if the Steelers drop this game, it doesn't mean that they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not in contention for the North. But you don't want to fall back behind. You don't want to be too far behind and have to make up some things at the end of the year and at the same time, you know, hope for other teams to do some stuff. You know, be screen watching. You want to take control of your own destiny. And you know, for the last few years, it's been the Steelers screen watching. And we want to do that. We want to, we want to be in the playoffs. We want to know. We want to be, you know, comfortable. Something that no, <laughs> something that a Steelers fan hasn't felt in a very long time. You know, with all these games that go down to the wire and and every season that goes down to the last game of the season, I don't think that 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 exists for Steelers fans anymore. But you know, getting there maintaining showing dominant dominance and retaking the north would be huge for the confidence of this team and and in reality it's not something that they can't do right now you know if you look at the rest of the schedule it's not daunting it's not like the steelers are going to go play the chiefs buffalo and eagles in the next couple of games you know and no disrespect to the teams that the steelers are playing in the next few games it's just this isn't the hardest schedule so as long as the steelers do what they're supposed to do they'll be in contention not just for a wild card position but for the North, the Browns go to Seattle. They're four and two, and a team that's also behind the Pittsburgh Steelers due to the head-to-head matchup. And the Browns are a cluster; uh, they really are. You know, they don't know what they're doing with their quarterback position. Uh, Deshaun Watson apparently is healthy to everybody except his own, and you don't want to be out there. That's a two hundred and thirty million dollar bad decision that only the Browns could make. So, you know, congratulations to you guys, Cleveland. And then the Bengals—they're going to be—they're three and three. They're still. You know, a game behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to be traveling out to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. A game that, you know, going into this week, I thought probably was a, a, di- a more difficult game for them. But, you know, with injuries, Debo Samuel's not going to play. Brock Purdy's been in the concussion protocol. It's it's a question or a flip of a coin if he's going to play. We'll see. It is in San Francisco. You know, Cincinnati would have to travel. And they don't have the best history when it comes to playing the 49ers. So hopefully, you know, they can go back under 500 after this week. But the Steelers are still in control of their destiny. If they do what they're supposed to do and play the way they're supposed to play, they 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 have an opportunity here. You know, their next matchup is against the 5-2 and two Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that's up and down. You know, they also got their rears handed to them by the Houston Texans. They're a team that also is probably struggling with a little bit of identity as well. Do they want to be a running team? Do they want to be a passing team? You know, they're they're very similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion. So before we get into, you know, the talk between the teams and whatnot and who's going to win and keys to victory, let's talk about the injury report. And the biggest injury, in my opinion, that showed up this week is Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson had a really good game last week against the Los Angeles Rams. He was out there demanding, you know, more coverage against him. And I think that really helped out like a guy like George Pickens. And that really made this offense move more like a fine-tuned oiled machine, so to speak, with Deontay Johnson. Now, he didn't participate on Thursday. Uh, at the time of this recording, the 
injury report for Friday hasn't come out. So I'm not sure if he's going to be a limited participant or a DNP again. If he ends up a DNP on Friday, that's a huge concern. That is a huge concern for the Pittsburgh Steelers and their offense. We didn't see much of Calvin Austin out there against the Rams. I don't think that that was by, you know, surprise or coincidence or any of those things. I think that was Deontay Johnson is wide receiver number one, and he needs to be back. Clearly, he is the number one receiver. I mean, I know everybody's going to say, oh, George Pickens, George Pickens. But George, he's got a different game to him. You know, his game isn't necessarily being that number one guy in that sense. You know, when you look at what the offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do, the offenses that they've had in the past under Mike Tomlin, there's been a route runner receiver that got the primarily got the ball primarily at the time. They got the throws to him. And then there's been an over the top guy, a big, tall, you know, combat catcher, which is where I think George Pickens is. And you have, you know, a slot guy that's been dependable, usually a little bit smaller has great hands, and can get open in space. That's been or the formula for the Pittsburgh Steelers passing game. And without that route runner and you put in a, a burner who can take the top off and you have a contested catch, you know, passer on the other side, nobody that can consistently get open in those, you know, 8 to 10-yard range, yeah, I mean, that's going to do some numbers on your offense. So having Deontay Johnson back, I think, was no coincidence that the Steelers passing game was better last week. Joy Porter ended up on – the injury report as well with a calf. He was limited on Thursday. He got a lot of playing time against the Rams, especially in the second half. And if you go and you look at um, once Joy Porter was on Puka Nakua, he didn't catch any balls. In fact, in the fourth quarter, Matthew Stafford didn't make a single completion. I don't understand why the Steelers are going so slow with their rookies, but at this point, and from what I understand, he's going to be out there. I think he is the number one guy now. Um, you're going to have Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson on the other side be swapping duties for the most part. You know, Patrick Peterson, I think, is going to be playing the slot a lot more, which is a big improvement over Chandon Sullivan. You know, that guy coming into this season wasn't, didn't have the highest of praise at the slot cornerback position coming from his last couple of, you know, jobs that he had. So I think it's a, it's a good move. I think it's a good move all the way around. You know, the only move that I'm really wanting to see make uh, for this Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, I know a lot of folks are saying, hey, let's get another cornerback to to match up with Joey Porter Jr. I'd rather have another safety to match up with Minka Fitzpatrick and put Minka back where he's been dominant and get a, it would have been nice if the Steelers would have went out and got Terrell Edmonds again. You know, as much as a lot of folks didn't like him because he didn't live up to that first round grade, I thought he was a solid, a solid safety. You know, he was a guy that wasn't going to kill you He's going to keep you in games. Now, he's not going to, he's not, he wasn't the guy that was going to, you know, make the big splashy play. But for the most part, he was going to limit those splashy plays being made against you. Now, in efforts to do that, you have Mega Fitzpatrick playing down. You have him playing more of the strong safety role. And that's taken away from, in my opinion, what he does best, his strength. And I mean, that kind of boils down to this team in general, right? You look at Dotson, he's been doing well. He's out there at his natural position. Hendrick Green, you know, he was, uh, Left Garden College. He was trying to make him a center, push him over to the right side for a short period of time. You know, he went out to Houston and they put him in his old position where it was a position of strength for him. And look at what he was able to do prior to his injury. So the Steelers, for whatever reason, have gone against what somebody's, you know, natural ability and strength has been, you know, their entire football career. It's kind of like the Steelers are like, no. We know what's best for you. We're going to move you from one side and expect you to play at a dominant level on the opposite side that you've never played before. I don't understand where the make sense is there on that, but it is what it is. Anthony McFarlane, he had a full, he was a full participant uh, with a knee. He's been, in my opinion, ready to rock and roll, but you know, Steelers haven't activated him yet. He's still on his 21 practice, 21 day practice window. Another uh, page to this offense that's been missing. You know, I think there was a lot of plays that were designed for him. I'm excited to see what he's able to do in the return game. 
preseason, first week of the year. It looked like he was doing fairly well when it came to punt return or kickoff returns. I'm sorry. Levi Wallace was limited with a foot. That's not a big deal. Cole Holcomb has been full all week with the ankle injury that sidelined him for a few plays this weekend. I don't think there's any major concern there. Uh, Nate Herbig was out or was a full participant with an illness. Now here's the um, here's the, here's a, a good one. Cam Hayward coming back with a groin. He was limited, but he's back and he's now on the 21 day practice window. So should we we should expect him to play within the next three games, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if this game is going to be the first game that he comes back. I know the Steelers I think are at 52 active uh, players on the roster, so they do have the opportunity to bring up one player from the injured reserve, whether that be Anthony McFarlane or Cam Hayward without having to cut anybody. And in my opinion, I think that's what they're probably going to do. And I think this week it's probably going to be Anthony McFarlane if one of those guys gets moved up. I don't want to rush Cam Hayward. You know, Patrick Firemuth rushed to come back. Didn't work out for him. You know, he, he ended up injuring his, re-injuring his hamstrings. I'd, I'd wait. I'd take the time that it takes for it to heal. And then I would move him in slowly to get him prepared to get back into the, into be out there on the field. The difference between like Anthony McFarlane and Cam Hayward is age. Cam's up there. You know, it's going to take him some time to to reheal. So let's not push it. We're going to need him down the stretch, especially for this running game or running defense. Let's let's not push Cam Hayward and coming back too soon. Another one, Larry Ogunjobi, but he's been, you know, he didn't participate with, an, with a shoulder injury, but he has been, you know, for a while on the injury report, you know, but he comes up in games. He comes out and he plays. I'd like to see a fully healthy Larry Ogunjobi and see what he's able to do with this team. This doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. Every every week he's on the injury report. As far as the Jacksonville Jaguars, their cornerback Tyson Campbell was limited with a hamstring. Their safety, Andrew, Andre Disco was limited with a hamstring as well. Their defensive tackle, Devon Hamilton, was a full participant, but he's been dealing with a back. Zay Jones, their wide receiver, did not participate. He's been dealing with a knee. Trevor Lawrence did was limited with a knee. So for the most part, this team is probably also pretty healthy. I mean, they got some bumps and bruises also associated with playing a physical game as Mike Tomlin would say. But for the most part, they're healthy. This should be a good, healthy matchup for both teams. I'm excited. I mean, right now, Steelers are 13-14 and 14 against the Jacksonville Jaguars all time. Be a good chance, a good time to even up that match. But we're going to take a quick break real quick and we'll get a word from our sponsors. When we get back, we're going to talk about keys to victory. We're going to talk about more in-depth about this Jacksonville versus Pittsburgh Steelers game. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few. Hey, check it out. You made it to the other side. Welcome back to State of the Steelers, where we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars this Sunday. A game, hey man, the Steelers can move up again, get a little bit better, prove that their you know, contenders are real and not just some sort of pretender fake that just kind of lucked into their record. Let's let's move forward. But before we get back into the game, I want to remind you guys of our YouTube show, Still Current Network airs every single day. You don't want to miss it. Go check out SilkCurrentNetwork.com at youtube uh, you'll see me on there monday on the hangover with shannon white uh, we go live you get to interact with us the whole nine yards go check it out also go check out our website stillcurrentnetwork.com for all your news and updates about pittsburgh steelers don't want to miss it everything is there get up to date be well informed that way when your friends and family come up to you and ask you hey how the steelers doing this week you can tell them exactly what you know all right well let's get back into this so the next thing i want to talk about is there's been in my opinion a little bit of lack of respect from the jacksonville jaguars to the pittsburgh steelers first you have 
um, Trevor Lawrence coming out saying that there's, you know, the uh, little yellow towels, right? The terrible towels, the little yellow towels. Now, I know there's been a lot of folks in mainstream media saying, hey, you know, that's what they are, the little yellow towels. You know, he's not being disrespectful. He's being, you know, nice. Yeah, whatever, because of it. Just like when, what was it, um, who's Menzada, you know, cleaning up that, uh, cleaning his shoe with a terrible towel. That didn't work so well for him either, right? You know, you guys can say it was a joke or it was uh, not supposed to be intended bad. That's all right. Minka, DJ Watt, and Alex Highsmith will have something to say about those little towels for Trevor Lawrence. But in other disrespect, now this one's probably, in my opinion, maybe maybe the worst. Jaguar safety Rashawn Jenkins had some interesting things to say for George Pickens. A statement that went, I know that the receiver we have coming in this week, number 14, he has high yards per catch. But respectfully, he hasn't played our corners yet. So I'll say that. Huh. Interesting. Jacksonville Jaguars are coming in second in the NFL with, with interceptions with nine, but they're ranked 31st against yards allowed through the air. You know, I get what you're saying. You know, this you're saying that your cornerbacks and your defensive secondary are, are up for the challenge. You know, I, I just wouldn't put words out like there when you know that your team is struggling containing wide receivers. And do you get you get some interceptions? Yeah. But the reason why you're getting those interceptions is because Teams are throwing on you so much. The opportunities are there. You know, what's the chance that one of these balls is going to get tipped up in the air or, you know, like a broken clock that's right twice a, twice a day that you're going to be in the right position? It is what it is. But, you know, you want to talk, you want to talk. But Pickens didn't obviously stay quiet. On Thursday, Pickens responded, they depend on their D-line a lot. With their team having a lot of first-round picks on that D-line, that's what they depend on. It's kind of hope. Hope that those guys hold up long enough. It's kind of a hope defense <laughs> i like that response george that was one to say hey we're not backing down from you guys we're gonna go in and we're going to be the aggressors we're gonna be the bullies you're gonna talk about us you're gonna say our little towels or towels are small you're gonna tell people that that you know we haven't played guys like you and somehow some way you guys are going to contain our receivers okay all right you know if you guys don't think that that's some sort of trash talking or or, or that is not meant out of disrespect, then, I mean, <laughs> it, it, I would want not want a football player with that mindset on my team. I would want them to think of these two comments or these couple of comments that have been made and take it personally. Now, when it comes to George, I think they're trying to get in your head, bro. And we saw what happened last week with all the penalties and things of that nature. Let's Let's keep it between the whistles and let's keep it without throwing any flags. Let your play do the talking you're a good receiver you don't need to add words to what you're doing you're already doing some great stuff you know those that need to talk up their game is because they're compensating for their lack of play with their mouth all right don't fall into that george you're a great receiver you're on your way to being being a really really great receiver for the pittsburgh steelers you're developing with your quarterback kenny pickett it's not turning into a problem and lose some games right Let's keep it between the whistles, talking before the games, maybe even after in the press. Yeah, that's one thing, you know, getting in somebody's face after the whistles and causing your team 15 yards, not the way to do it, right? But I do like the tenacity. I like the the clap back. Like, I'm not going to let you talk about me and my guys that way. When it comes to keys of victory, is George Pickens getting 100 yards, three touchdowns, part of that game plan? Uh, probably not. You know, George is going to be there, part of the blank game plan, and he's going to get his touches, you know, for the Steelers to win this game offensively, you know, we'll go into our transitioning into our keys to victory. I think they need to control the ball on the ground more. You know, I think they did a pretty good job last week. And when they were able to run the ball, you know, especially in that second half, it kept defenses honest. They didn't, they, they, they had to prepare for the possibility of a run and a pass, which made the running game better. 
made the passing game better. Getting back to more of a balanced team, in my opinion, would work best for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. You have to remember that Kenny Pickett's in his second year. You know, second-year quarterbacks, you really don't want to overload them with 35, 40 pass attempts. You know, if we keep him 30 or less and the rushing attempts high and time of possession about, you know, even or maybe even slightly better for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that is a formula for success with this team. And I think that would equal out to a, a victory. But putting the ball into Kenny Pickett's hands so much, I don't know, it hasn't hasn't worked out in the past. However, you look across the field and you look at this defense who's struggling against, you know, the pass, maybe that is something that you do take up. They got some pretty good defensive uh, linemen that can get to the quarterback as well. So it, it's a uh, catch-22, so to speak, right? You know, defensively, key of the game, the Sears have to tra- stop Travis Enton. Enton, I'm sorry. He has 504 yards on 127 attempts, 4.0 average. It's not outstanding, but lesser running backs have done more to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's got seven TDs on the run. His receptions are kind of what concerns me. Also, he's got 24 receptions on 29 targets for 196 yards, 8.2 yards per reception. So he is a dangerous player out of the backfield, both on the ground and through the air. He's a fast guy. I think he would have been the guy that the Pittsburgh Steelers may have drafted it. You know, had Najee Harris not been there a couple of years back in the draft. He was a guy that a lot of people thought that the Steelers should have drafted instead of Najee Harris because of his speed, quickness, and ability to make people miss. Some of those things that Najee honestly doesn't have. There's not much speed or quickness. And the ability to miss definitely isn't there. He's more of a run-you-over kind of guy. You know, maybe he, in his own head, he thinks he can make some people miss. You know, and he tries to every now and then. And in my opinion, when he tries to do that is when he takes a step back as a running back. When he tries to run forward, puts his head down and uses his body and his weight to move the pile, I think he's a fantastic running back. And that's one thing that we need to see. You know, if the Steelers are going to win this game, they're going to need Najee Harris to put his head down and play with aggression like he did in the first half of that game last week. I don't know what was said to him or what was done, but he was playing upset and mad. Another key of victory defensively is the Steelers need to contain the wide receivers. Every game, there's been a wide receiver that's just been lighting up the the scoreboard you know if you're a fantasy football player you want to look at the the opposite team that the Steelers are playing and you want to pick one of their receivers now it's only going to be one the Steelers don't allow multiple receivers to get the best of them but they will allow one to just go up and down the field up and down the field. it's just it's just insane it's insane but now that Joy Porter Jr. is out there maybe Patrick Peterson moves into a slot you know Levi Wallace is still a liability in my opinion but with those moves right there that 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 limits the liability, right? Your, your liability right now, going out there with Patrick Peterson on one side and Levi Wallace on the other is the secondary. Everything is a liability. And you're forcing Minka to work and overcompensate for their shortcomings in, um, when it comes to coverage. Putting a, George, a Joy Porter Jr. out there, perhaps the safeties don't have to compensate for that area of the field so much and can focus on the weakness part of the defense on the other side to kind of cover and or hide some of the weaknesses of Levi Wallace, thus making this defense significant significantly better it won't be perfect you know uh, you're not looking at a, a team that's going to intercept the ball multiple times you know a game or, or you know things like that which you know they do come up with some turnovers that's the other thing this defense does come up with turnovers but you know you're not looking for that when you when, with that kind of move you're looking to have a very solid secondary now next year in the draft or free agency or even if you know don't be surprised if the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game and Kenny Pickett comes out winning the Steelers maybe make a move they go out there and get a Patrick Sertan. But I don't think they can make that move now because they don't really know what they have in their quarterback yet. And I'm not sure you can, I guess, you know, 
forfeit the future now when you you're not 100 certain on your now if kenny goes out there and lights it up takes another huge step forward and you feel that you have that answer at the quarterback position then you can forfeit the future um for today and get somebody out there on the other side of, of joey porter jr and really try to make a run at this but it's all going to depend and you don't want to forfeit that future and put yourself in the worst position because the quarterback position is the most important position on the team it's the player that has the ball in their hands on offense most of the time or every time almost and unless there's like a wildcat or something right but to most of the point they have the ball in their hand and they control where that ball goes you want to have the right guy there but Steelers, you know the king stops the king starts slow it just cannot start slow you know in the last few games the Steelers just progressed better and better every quarter and then they, they kind of like start over the next game i want to see the last game continue on into this game the momentum the confidence the scoring <laughs> i want to see that continue to the next game happen early on you know starting slow i mean if you go and look at kenny pickett's quarterback rating through first quarter second third and fourth it it's it's an upward trajectory he gets better as the game goes on is that because he has to get a feel for the opposite team does he have to you know get a feel for what they're doing maybe but that's what your game planning is throughout the week is for so that you can get that feel go in there with scripted plays against your team's opposition against the opposition's weaknesses i think it's still a young season there's only it's been six games played i think this team can get on the right path and i do want to compare the two quarterbacks comeback kenny versus tiny towel trevor but kenny has played six games trevor's played seven so far in this this year Steelers are four and two jags are five and two completion Lawrence has it at 67.4 to 60.9 for Pickett. Passing yards, Lawrence has it at 1643 to Kenny Pickett's 1257. Now, there is a game there that Trevor Lawrence has played more than Kenny Pickett. However, I don't think that Kenny Pickett is going to catch up to the almost 400 yards that he needs passing to be at the same you know, yards per, you know, yards on the season throughout seven games as Trevor Lawrence. So he, he's going to end up being behind him on that uh, yards per average throwing. Um, you're looking at 6.9 to 6.8. So they're pretty comparable yards per game. Trevor Lawrence is only throwing 235 yards a game. Kenny Pickett's 210 yards. You know, obviously you want to see Kenny Pickett's go up more, but 234 yards per game isn't something that's going to scare you as a defense. Passing touchdowns, you're looking at eight to five. Trevor Lawrence having eight. You know, after seven games, I mean, that's like 1.1 you know, passing touchdowns per game. I understand that, that Kenny Pickett has less, <laughs> but defensively looking at the Steelers defense versus Trevor Lawrence, it's not a daunting task. You know, he's thrown three interceptions, so he's protected the ball throughout the year. Kenny Pickett's thrown four. Uh, rating is 92.8 for Trevor Lawrence, 81.3 for Kenny Pickett. Rush attempts, Trevor Lawrence has 41 to 24 for Pickett. Lawrence has 206 yards to 12 for Kenny Pickett, and, but Kenny Pickett has one rushing touchdown where, where Trevor Lawrence does not. So with all that said, it does kind of seem like, you know, Trevor Lawrence is in a better position right now or is a better quarterback right now, but he also has a year on Kenny Pickett out there in the scheme in, you know, with Jacksonville amongst those players. So you know, he's got a whole year on him. He's in his third. Kenny Pickett's in his second. I think by next year, if you look at Kenny Pickett's first seven games, I think he's going to surpass Trevor Lawrence if he still continues in his trajectory that he's going and he's the guy that we all hope and think he is. So at first glance, it may not look like a, like a winning matchup for, for Kenny Pickett or Kenny Pickett could be the better quarterback. But when you put some context behind it, you know that Trevor Lawrence has been in the league a year longer. You know, he's had his receivers with him. We'll see how Kenny does, right? I, I'm not giving up hope. You know, as, as, as tough as I've been on the guy, uh, I saw some things last week and we'll see. We'll take it game by game and we'll continue to see where he goes. And at the end of the season, he ends up not being the guy. Uh, the Steelers are going to have some some questions and some decisions to make. But 
Right now, the Steelers are four and two. They have a three-game home stretch. We'll be playing this weekend against Jacksonville. Next next week, a short week against Tennessee. You know, the favors there. I mean, there's a good opportunity that the Pittsburgh Steelers go seven and two, maybe in the next three games if they play the cards right. And then imagine what we'll be saying at that point about this team and what the rest of the NFL will. But as far as this game goes, I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers 24 to 20. Another close game. You know, until I see the Steelers pull away from a team and and not be in a cardiac situation. I'm going to continue to choose and pick close games. I do think that the team ends up pulling it out. Uh, you know, the home fans are going to be there. The stadium's going to be rocking. People are upset by the comments that the Jacksonville Jaguars players are making. Let's go. Let's go. 24-20, Pittsburgh Steelers win. Kenny Pickett gets two touchdowns through the air, and we get another one on the ground. Maybe not Kenny, but Naj or Jalen Warren. But that's all I got for you guys today. Make sure you like, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating, share, tell your friends, tell your family, the whole nine yards. Let's get this podcast out to the world. I'm Daniel J. the State of the Steelers, Still Care Network. Peace.